Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack. I've got our chief counsel here, Richard Harris, who is a blessing. Thank you. Boy, he's just doing some great things. He was at a convention uh, this last weekend, and I mean, there's some amazing, amazing things happen. And tonight we've got Jason Yates with us. He's been on uh, multiple times before. He's been a really good friend to us, and he's come and helped us and zoomed in on a lot of things we've done. And God has connected him mm-hmm. with, uh, I mean, some of the movers and shakers, and he's got some great, great things to share with us. So we'll introduce him better in a little bit, but we want you to get involved and you can participate in this. You can ask Jason questions. Uh, we've got a giveaway. We've got all kinds of things. So I'm going to let Richard give you the details of how all you right. do that. Awesome. Well, thanks, Andrew, and uh, thanks to all of you who are watching tonight. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. It's going to be a great uh, broadcast. Uh, Jason Yates is one of our good friends, and we're just so happy to have him on. Uh, as I always do, I want to start off by just uh, recommending that if you if you haven't done so yet, that you check out our resources page on our website. I tell you, it's the, the, the things you can find on there are just amazing. Um, you know, especially I want to mention tonight our archive videos. Some of the live casts that we've had in the last few weeks have been really sensational. Of course, they're all, they're all great, but I mean, some especially that you really need to listen to and, and share with your friends. And so be sure to check those out. Um, we've got resources on there about COVID-19 and connecting you with legal resources for that. So please be sure to take advantage of that. Um, we have some amazing events coming up here. You know, I love the fall uh, and and the winter time here at Karis Bible College and Andrew Womack Ministries. Uh, coming up, one of my favorite conferences of the year is the Minister's Conference. Um, and uh, this year, Andrew's going to be joined by Jesse DePlantis and Greg Moore, Dwayne Sheriff, uh, and uh, Carrie Pickett also is going to be ministering. So uh, it's not too late to register. That's October 4th through the 8th. So coming up just around the corner here, and uh, that's a great event. Women Arise is October 28th through the 30th. And this is for ladies only guys. Uh, but women, this is your opportunity to come together and uh, just strengthen and bless each other. And, and it doesn't matter how you feel that day. We're going to go by what you are, not what oh. you feel like. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you feel like a woman that day, if that's not who, how you were born. Uh, that's right. Know. I think you'd say check your plumbing first. That's right. Okay. Amen. So Carrie Pickett and uh, Audrey Mack are going to be ministering and both of those ladies are awesome preachers and teachers and uh, you won't want to miss that. Uh, the uh, Heart of Christmas show, yeah, I can't believe it's already coming up, but December 10th through the 12th, this is an amazing performance and it I promise you it will bless you it'll bless your family and your friends and if you want to come out and have a special uh, event to celebrate the birth of Christ uh, there's nothing better than the heart of Christmas and we've been putting up 
Christmas lights today. We've mm. added a bunch of new Christmas lights. It's a beautiful place here. And then you put that together with the heart of Christmas and the week after is a live nativity. It's just a special time. Yeah, come to the Rocky Mountains and celebrate Christmas yeah, with the awesome. heart of Christmas. It's amazing. Um, you know, every week here uh, we give away a free product for new subscribers. So if you're not subscribed to Truth and Liberty, uh, I humbly say you should be. <laughs> we send out uh, blogs and newsletters uh, with, with uh, helpful information articles by various people, including Andrew and me. Uh, but I was just looking at one for one of our board members today that's going to be going out. And so subscribe and get equipped and get informed. And for anyone who subscribes uh, tonight, uh, you'll be eligible to receive a free product. And this week we're giving away uh, Andrew's book, Lessons from David. Um, this is a great book. I mean, David had a fascinating life and relationship with God, and uh, this is an awesome book. So it'll be a blessing to you. Last week, we gave away More Grace, More Favor, and I want to congratulate Bet Moore, Borman, excuse me, Bet. Uh, you should be getting an email about that. We're uh, telling you how you can claim that. Um, it's an interactive live cast, so be sure to post your questions and your comments uh, on the chat function on our website or on the comment section in Facebook, and we'll do our very best to get to those. And then also, if if you believe in what we're doing, then you can partner with us. We've made it as easy as possible to become a Truth and Liberty Coalition member. Just go to the donate page, sign up to make a recurring contribution of $5 or more per month. And if you do that, we'll send you a free copy in the mail of Alex McFarland's book, The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It Is Too Late. And Alex is one of our favorite people around here. He's an apologist, a patriot, an evangelist, uh, just a great uh, guy. He's got, he's he, he, this book is fantastic. So uh, become a member today. Last thing is if you, and I do need to say those gifts are not tax deductible though, because we're a 501c4. And that way we don't have to worry about the IRS telling us we can't talk about politics. But uh, um, God knows that you're given and he'll reward you. So if you need prayer tonight, last thing is be sure to call in 719-635-1111. Trained prayer ministers are standing by to agree with you in prayer. And so tonight we have Jason Yates with us, and he is the head of My Faith Votes. I get regular emails from them, and as I said at the beginning of the program, Jason has been a real friend of this ministry, and he's helped us. Matter of fact, in the formation of all of this, he was a big part just strategizing, how do we do, what do we do? And since he's been the head of My Faith Votes since 2015, he's had a lot of experience he spent 25 years in leadership uh, prior to that with Fortune 100 companies and has a BA and an MBA. And I don't know what that means. I guess that has something to do with basketball. I never had one of those. <laughs> <Basket>. But <laughs> anyway, Jason, it's great to have you with us. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And, and man, Richard, I got to go get that book. Uh, it sounds like Alex is, I'm going to go have to become a recurring donor. Well, there you go. Uh, and, you and should. Do that. So I should. <laughs> uh, so tell the but, people real quickly a little bit about My Faith Votes. What is your focus? What are you doing? Yeah, so it, just as you said, Andrew, we um, got started in 2015. It was actually my uncle. He's a, a literary agent. He represents Christian authors in their book writing deals with the publishers. And he was working with Dr. Ben Carson. And in working with Dr. Carson uh, on some books that he was doing, uh, my uncle learned that there were 25 million Christians in 2012 that were even registered to vote, but did not vote. Uh, and 
you know, he's he's a person, uh, and I, I would hope to say we all are, that um, where we can't imagine a world where we don't bring the influence of our faith into all of our life, that we can't imagine a place where we say, okay, we're good to live our faith here, but not over here. And, and I think that's why it's a, so disturbing that, you know, we would think that, you know, this this realm of civics, this realm of politics and elections um, isn't deserving of the influence of our faith. And so that's why we started My Faith Votes. Um, that is our mission. It's to equip and to motivate every single Christian to vote in every single election. Uh, we often say that we we want to help you pray. Um, I do believe that our our first posture should be to God um, and submitting to him when it's election time. Secondly, to think, think biblically about the issues, understand the issues through a biblical lens, and then uh, to vote and vote consistently. So that's, that's what we're all about. So what are some of the practical things you do to uh, get people to vote instead of just... Yeah, well, a lot of it is educating because, as as you know, um, there's a lot of people who don't even know about the issues or even when elections are happening. One of the things we do, Andrew, is invest heavily in technology so that we can really help people with, you know, reminders, alerts, notifications of every election and say, hey, you have this election coming up and here's where you need to go to go vote. Um, I, a couple years ago, I had an opportunity to go vote in a city council race. I went and voted. And then a couple weeks later from our own system, I got an alert that said, hey, there's a runoff for that city council race. And I didn't know there was a runoff. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, so it works and it, it does help. Um, we do things like voter guides um, and we invest in data uh, to really reach the uh, Christians across the nation who love Jesus, but maybe haven't considered how to bring their faith into politics. And we just want to reach them with tools and resources. So um, lots of things we're doing. So if a person goes to your website, is this a national thing that they could go wherever they are and see yeah. if there's elections in their area? Yeah, you know, we have been so blessed with the response. We have people who have connected with us um, from across the United States. 77% of the zip codes in the United States, people are joining with My Faith Votes and just getting equipped and getting informed. And so there is a sign up page. We also have something we call action partners. You know, one of the things we've found uh, so much lately is there's a lot of people just saying, what can I do? They're looking around at what's happening in our nation and they're seeing things just go in a direction they don't want it to go. And people are rising up. They're recognizing they can do something. At least they want to, and we're helping them. And through our action partner program, uh, we, we get people connected, involved, and give them tools and resources to help them take action in their own communities and make a difference. Okay, if anyone so wants to do that, if anyone wants to do that, they can go to our website, uh, myfaithvotes.org. It's right up there on the homepage. Okay, so you've got myfaithvotes.org. You've also got actionpartners.org. 
Do you have another yeah. one? It seems like you've got a lot of work. <laughs> well, I think we're going to talk about we're going to talk about election integrity, I think, uh, a little yeah. bit later. But, uh, um, you know, we we do try and look at different initiatives that are important um, to what's happening in the realm of elections and getting godly people into elected office. And so, uh, you know, coming out of 2020, of course, with so much focus on the integrity of elections, uh, we felt we really had to do something about that. And so we started an initiative and we created a website called electionintegritynow.org. And the whole premise of that site is to give people specific action steps that they can take at the federal, at the state, and at the local level, how they can get involved and do something that'll make a difference in that arena. Man, that's great. So anyway, I encourage all of our viewers to take advantage of that and go check those things out. And so since we brought this up, what do you think about uh, the recent report out of Arizona with their audit? How do you respond to all of that? Yeah, you know, isn't it interesting? It's, it, there's a bit of silence happening um, in the media uh, and even, you know, with conservatives about this. And what I think we're hearing in the media is, hey, that the results were the results. In fact, I think what we're hearing in the media is there were actually a few hundred more votes for Biden. But you're not hearing anything. And as I read through the preliminary report, there were some really um, disturbing things that were found that would say there were some discrepancies or at least concerns in the operations and processes of that election. Well, you know, I get Mike Huckabee's uh, thing on a daily basis, and I know that he's one of the spokesmen for uh, my faith votes. You got some heavy hitters on your team, but I got a thing from him today and he was discussing the um, uh, Arizona audit and he said that one of the things that they deleted in the report was a statement that so many discrepancies, like with uh, voters who had already moved out of state or dead or whatever, that there were so many discrepancies that the election from 2020 should not have been certified. And they deleted that from this report and their yeah. preliminary count did show a few more votes for Biden, but, the, but they missed the thing that overall this report says that it is not trustworthy, the things yeah. that were done. So. I think there's a lot more to this and the mainstream media is not going to report it. Yeah, I think Richard, you and I were talking a little bit earlier about some of the um, uh, findings and some of the things rated as critical severity. Uh, and uh, I think that was related to some uh, prior addresses, people voting from prior addresses and uh, right. people that voted in multiple counties. We're gonna we're gonna put this uh, this reports in three volumes. That's volumes is kind of a big word. They're not that long, but we're gonna put the whole thing on the Truth and Liberty uh, resources page so everybody can look at it for yourself. But I tell you, when you, you get past just the first part, it says, yeah, we we counted and there there was this tiny little discrepancy, but when you start reading the butts, uh, it becomes alarming. Like for example, um, 23,344 people voted from 
uh, turned in ballots supposedly, but not from the right address. So we don't know where these ballots are coming from and it's illegal under Arizona law to forward a ballot to someone else. So there's a problem there. You've got um, uh, uh, more ballots returned by the voters than received. 9,041 people turned in more ballots than they got in the mail. Now, how does that happen without fraud? So you're saying there's more ballots came back than were mailed out. Yeah, the records show we sent one ballot to John Smith and we got two ballots back from John Smith. Uh, that doesn't happen absent, does it? Absent some shenanigans? I don't know. And there's line after line after line like that in this report. And uh, so I think there's a lot to be concerned about. Also, if I'm not mistaken, they had a Dominion uh, machine update and we just had on Tina Peters a couple of weeks ago and she was showing that, that, that uh, Dominion came into Mesa County, Colorado and deleted 29,000 files that who knows how many votes that covered. Yes, that's right. And this report uh, says exactly uh, the same thing happened there, that all of the servers, all of the hard drives have been uh, deleted. In fact, I wrote it down. They said the logs, the computer logs were in intentionally rolled over and all the data regarding the 2020 general election has been fully cleared. So any conclusions that they come to are bogus. Well, they can't really reach a firm conclusion is, is the the best we can. Jason, say. how do you stay positive when things like this are happening? You know, Gavin Newsom was reelected by a large margin and then everything I heard, man, I'm just surprised that that guy survived. Yeah. It makes you think that there's still voter fraud going on. Well, we can layer in a whole bunch of things that just could create concern. Um, you know, one thing I learned this past weekend uh, that uh, the GOP since 1982 has had a consent decree against them prohibiting them from doing anything to address election integrity. And wow. that was just lifted. Um, so up until just recently, the GOP has not been able to do anything since 1982 to address this problem. Now they are. There were some things that I, you know, as I read and understand that maybe they did in the past that um, at least was perceived as intimidation and such. That's why the decree was established. So but what is a consent decree? Is that a legal thing? It, it's where you uh, enter into, uh, the judge signs an order that both parties agree to. It's kind of like a formal legal settlement. Saying basically that the GOP can't challenge electing that's what it was. Um, I heard it straight from Lindsey Graham this weekend and uh, um, and looked it up and you, sure enough, uh, it is true. So uh, th there's some opportunity um, now, f I think, for more of a fair game um, of really addressing and looking at some of the issues. Um, so, um, but you know, I also, and I mentioned to you before, I, th I think there are so many people waking up and, and looking at what's going on and whether it's concern about election integrity or not, whether it's just concern about the issues in our society and our culture, I think there's people saying, I need to do something. I need to get involved. And, you know, you look around at the school boards and, you know, parents are showing up in masses at school board yeah. meetings. There's so I think there's a lot of people who are just investing their time, energy, talents and gifts 
um, to say, I'm going to do something and bring the influence of my faith into the public square. And that's what we need to happen. And, and I hope people um, continue to do that, that as, um, you know, as we say, don't get discouraged, right? Um, don't be discouraged, but as you have opportunity, continue to do good and get involved. Well, there's some people that they say, I can't help but be discouraged if my vote's being canceled. How do you respond to that? Well, I guess the only thing I can say to that is, um, you know, if, if we do advocate, if we do pull back, then we certainly will get what we deserve, um, which is not what we hope for. Well, it's one thing for them to cancel my vote through fraud, but if I don't vote, I cancel my vote. I'm not going to cancel myself. Cancel <laughs> I'm going to at least stand up and do but it. But you know, I think the answer is we need to overwhelm the system. We need to have such a high turnout of Christians and other people voting conservative principles that they can't overcome it with fraud. Uh, you know, this report that's come out from Arizona, one of the things they did is after each section, they have a whole, they have a list of recommended uh, corrective action. A lot of times it's legislation on what needs to be done to fix that broken system. I encourage people to read that too because uh, there's some really good ideas in there. And so, Jason, you're yeah. all about turning out the vote. Uh, share with us about 2022. And we are so close in the House, and I think you said you're focusing on some Senate seats that we could actually win back the House and the Senate and basically neuter Biden. <laughs> I well, think that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk about what's at stake, right? Uh, first, just recognize all 435 seats in the House, 34 seats in the Senate, 36 governors, 30 attorney generals, 26 secretaries of state. Um, in fact, 84% of the state legislative seats are up for election in wow. 2022. Well, that's um, mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and I haven't even talked about judges. I mean, there's 85 state Supreme Court seats that are up for election. Mm -hmm. So there's an immense amount of opportunity and influence that we can bring if we show up. Um, so My Faith Votes, we're, we are looking at places where uh, you know, there's there's close races, and we're prioritizing those states and making a more focused contribution to those states and uh, reaching and equipping Christians in those states. We'll still have tools and resources for everybody, regardless of where you are. But in terms of a little bit more of a focus, uh, we'll we'll focus on. Um, about six states that really, I believe, will make the difference. Okay, and for those who aren't familiar with this, we got 435 House seats, and they are reelected every two years. Is that correct? That's right. Every two years. Uh, so just in 2020, uh, there were elections for all 435. And we seats. had huge gains for the conservative when they were predicting as many as 30 seats going towards Democrats. So. The pendulum has begun to swing. And am I correct in saying that we're only five seats? If we could gain a net of five seats in the House, we could stop Pelosi. She wouldn't be the speaker anymore. Yeah, uh, so it's it's just five. And historically, uh, when 
the uh, presidency is the same party as the current House, and you have midterm elections, then historically, on average, we've seen about a, a flip of about 30 seats in the opposite direction, right? Um, so uh, against the president's party. So that's on average. Now, that's not even taking into account where the president has a low approval rating. And right now he does. I'm, I'm not celebrating that because I know what has been behind that. I mean, we talk about Afghanistan. We talk about what's happening with the pandemic, all of what's happening at the border. I mean, those are tragedy tragedies. And so I'm not celebrating it, but the fact is that he, um, he has seen a real dip of late and that probably will be good for, uh, for Republicans. Well, Biden hadn't been tough on illegal aliens, the Taliban, China, North Korea, but he's been tough on our own people, forcing them to wear masks, get mandates uh, yeah. for vaccines. He's taking the military, and if they don't get the vaccine, giving them dishonorable discharge. Yeah. People that have fought for us and stuff. The only people he's tough with are Americans. He's yeah. easy on everybody else. Americans who don't do what he wants. I tell you, it's wrong. You know, and, I, well, go ahead. Well, I, I wanted to say that uh, I don't want people to start thinking just about 2022 because 2021 is not over. And even though it's an off year, I think there are some elections coming up in November uh, here in Colorado. I think in many states there are school board elections and I'm we're seeing a massive turnout of new candidates for school boards here all over the place. And uh, Jason, what's going on out there in 2021 as far as elections go? Well, we have um, two statewide elections happening at the state legislatures. Um, that's New Jersey and Virginia. And, uh, you know, and those two governors are up for re-election as well. I think, you know, the, the big one to watch there is Virginia because that's more of a, um, you know, a, a state that, has been historically a little more conservative. It doesn't seem to be that way any longer, but I think we're all familiar or remember uh, what happened, especially in the abortion debate when Governor Northam uh, had stated that uh, he would, uh, if a baby was born um, uh, from an abortion, that they would simply allow the baby to um, be comfortable uh, and not resuscitate the baby. So um, you're so polite the way you say that. Yeah. I would say he's going to kill the baby even after it's born <laughs> if the mother says, "No, I wished I'd have had an abortion." Yeah, I was I was trying to remember his words, and his words were something along those lines. But let's, let's just be so nice. about what he's really doing. Maybe it, that's it the reason that you have a bigger reach than I do. Is people, <laughs> you're more palatable, but I just think it's terrible. And so he also was very anti-gun. He had a lot of overreach on that. I mean, he's he's just bad yeah. news. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens in that particular race. Um, and uh, but in in both of the legislative uh, areas of Virginia, it's both run by Democrats right now. Um, but Richard, you asked the question. I mean, school boards across the the country. I mean, there's 
there's thousands of races happening uh, and probably most people uh, will have an opportunity to go vote in some type of municipal or school board race. Uh, and here's the, here's the point, right? That in those races, those municipal and school board races, our vote counts exponentially, right? right. Um, you're in Colorado, Denver. Um, in 2015, Denver uh, turnout uh, for a school board race was 40%. Now it increased, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it was 30%. And then in 2019, it was 40%. Uh, but if you look at Denver for the last presidential election, it was something like 86 and a half percent. So amazing opportunity. I how many of those people actually voted. Yeah. <laughs> Back to that. Because <laughs> Dominion is based in Denver. I mean, they got it locked up there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but if I go vote, there's a lot fewer people voting. My vote counts so much more. And, and school boards in places, especially like Denver, uh, it's so important to uh, bring um, Christian values to those positions. Well, you know, we've spoken out right. just to our school here in Woodland Park, Colorado, and our staff. And because of it, we had a front page article a week or two ago that there's now nine people running for school board. And as you read the article, they wow. said traditionally that many of them are unopposed and they just automatically win if they even apply. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've seen it turn around. We hadn't got the results of the election yet, but people are getting involved here. Well, I think there's been some news about what's going on in our schools lately that, you know, but you talk about influence. This is a place, an opportunity where we can actually uh, put people in office that will make a difference in people's lives. I mean, our kids are being taught some stuff that's just shocking and, you know, critical race theory, which says that America's systemically racist and uh, advocates for reverse racism and they separate the kids and tell them you're racist because you're white, you're oppressed because you're black. Yeah. You know, we can't tolerate that. And I just heard a report on the radio coming in today that there was uh, two ladies from, I believe it was in Virginia, Fairfax County, if I'm not mistaken, I may be wrong. But they just got, they found these two books in their uh, elementary school library that were explicitly sexual and pictures and stuff, and they had them removed. And it's exactly what you're saying, Jason, that one of the positive things is happening, yeah. this is waking people up and they're beginning to get involved. Yeah. It really is great, um, you know, to see people take a stand uh, and do that. You know, we focus so much on critical race theory, but we've really got to listen um, to some key words that are behind that. And right now there's so much talk about diversity, inclusion, and equity. And mm -hmm. I think if you hear those words, you, you've got to be concerned about the what's happening, the policies, and essentially the same type of teachings, just not calling it critical race theory. Um, and one of the things I just learned uh, is that about 40% of public schools, districts, have a chief diversity officer who is charged with diversity, inclusion, and equity. 
And while that may have started with a noble cause to help people of diverse backgrounds to achieve um, academic excellence, I think now we can say that that's not the goal and the aim, uh, and it's um, it's a concern. I would have people look at that, and, and if you see that, get involved and get to understand what are the goals and objectives of that program. There you are again, being very gracious and kind. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. it may not have started good. I think it's demonic. You know, I just came from a meeting this last week with Georgian Banoff, and he was, he's from Bulgaria, served in the Russian army, the Bulgarian army, and he was raised under communism, and he made statements that communism is totally anti-God. That's the motivation, and he quoted Marx as he was raised in a Christian home, but Marx specifically, in one of his poems, he, he wrote a bunch of poetry, he specifically said, that he hated God and that the reason he came up with socialism as the step towards communism is to eliminate God and get rid of God's people. And he saw capitalism as all of the Christians were practicing uh -huh. that. So this whole thing that we see about uh -huh. critical race theory, about Black Lives Matter, the woke stuff, cancel culture, it's really rooted in anti-God stuff. And uh, we've got Demonic. to stand up against it. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, people, the, the, you know, the liberals are so good at, at you, in a bad way, of taking words and using, whenever you, you, you figure out what it is they're really saying, yeah. then, they, then they switch on you and they start using a new set of words. And these words, diversity, equity, all this, it sure sounds good. What people don't realize is, this is these are code words for Marxism, and that's what's really behind critical race theory. Are you familiar with that, uh, Jason? Is that, am I telling the truth here or what? Yeah, you absolutely are, and and you know our elected leaders are are the best at, at that as well. You look at some of the uh, bills that are priorities for the House and the Senate, or the House anyway this year, because they're the ones leading the charge. And you look at the Equality Act. You look at the For the People Act. Misnamed. Um, misnamed. Um, trying to. Um, really get people to think it's overall good, but we know it's not. So these 435 House seats are up for grabs. All we have to yeah. do is get a net gain of five. In the Senate, we're split 50-50. And so uh, didn't you say you were targeting six uh, Senate races? Man, if we could flip one or two of those, it could yeah. transform everything. Just one or two. Um, one of the reasons why we're focus on six and number one, um, we'd love to see uh, some some wins uh, for biblical values in multiple states, not just one or two, but we also recognize some of these states are big battlegrounds for even future elections. And so we wanna really make an investment in those states as well. That's awesome, mm -hmm. amen. So we got, uh, we got a little bit of time here before we take some questions. You got anything else you want to talk about uh, that we haven't covered here? Well, let me ask, uh, um, let me ask you this. How do you motivate Christians to vote? You mentioned that 25 million registered Christians didn't vote. How, how do you um, motivate them? There's a lot of people that just, they don't seem to care. 
Well, some of it is just breaking down why people don't vote. And sometimes I'm not, so Andrew, in this, I'll be a little more direct and a little more um, <laughs> antagonistic to some Christians on this because I say, well, you know, there are reasons that people don't vote. And one is self-righteous, um, that people are looking at who's running and they're saying, I can't vote for any of those as if my faith is too good for that, that I can't bring my faith into that area and cast a vote for any one of them because they're too much of a sinner. So I think there's a self-righteousness. Um, I think there's also a, the reasons people don't vote is they're deceived. Um, they're deceived. They're buying into this idea of separation of church and state. And we know that's not in our documents. Um, but especially with the Johnson Amendment, people buy into this idea that church and state are separate and therefore we shouldn't do that. And so we try and address that issue as well. Um, one is just ill-informed and and one is just apathetic. Um, and so I think, especially with the apathetic, um, we've got to help people see that, that um, you know, they need to bring their faith to all areas of their life in this area. They can't, you know, not care. I often say Proverbs um, 18, nine, I believe it is. I, I'll check that. But uh, 18, nine says the lazy person is just as bad as the one who destroys things. And uh, I first read that. Well, I don't know if I first did, but I reread it when all the riots were happening back in 2020. <laughs> and I remember looking at the TV and especially in Minneapolis, thinking, why don't they just do something? Why don't they stop these people that are just setting these fires and doing all this? And how angry I was. And, uh, um, and then reading that says the lazy person is just as bad. And I think we have to remember that. And so some of it is a bit of conviction, right, Andrew, is just to say we need to be convicted that our faith is action-oriented and our faith needs to um, be integrated into all that we do. And we own that. And if we aren't aware and informed of what's going on, we better get informed. You know, an observation I have is that the liberals, uh, you may have people like Omar and AOC and Bernie Sanders that are just totally committed to Marxism and communism, but they will compromise as long as they're moving things in that direction. But you get Christians, and there are some that are so strong on like pro-life, which I am 100% pro-life. But if I had candidates that none of them are pro-life, but one of them over here has got nine out of 10 things right and they miss it on pro-life, I would vote for them over not voting. And yet there's a lot of Christians that are so, uh, staunch in that area that I'll never vote for anybody who, you know, is yeah. uh, not for closing the borders, securing that, or cutting taxes or something. And we need to look at a bigger picture and always be trying to move the, 
you know, the ball forward instead of being caught on our little pet thing. So I was at a thing over the weekend where somebody said, hey, uh, uh, last time I checked, Jesus was not on the ballot. And so it's always going to be a choice between the lesser of two evils. So, But know. I can't understand a person being so pro-life that they're saying, I'll never vote for a person who would support abortion. Right. But it depends. If there's 10 issues and they got 9 out of 10 right, I would still uh, vote for them because overall I think it would be a positive thing. Right. But most Christians aren't, they won't do that. They get, they get one issue, just destroys everything. Mm -hmm. yep. Something else. So have we got some questions? Yes, sir. We've in? got some questions coming in. Um, well, Jason, the first one is from Kay on chat, and she wants to know what impact my faith votes has had on elections. I thought of that a while ago. Yeah, you know, we, and I appreciate the question because I love being able to say, man, we've had significant impact, we found that people who use our tools in general, um, now this was from, and we haven't finished all our analysis from 2020, it's a complex process to get all the data from all the states and so forth, but from uh, the, the midterms, the last midterms, we found that 83% of the people who used our tools voted. Now that that's a good number um, compared to a general population of the midterms, closer to about 60%. Um, but we've done some really incredible things. We've been able to identify people who are what we call low propensity. It just means that they, they aren't likely to vote. Maybe they voted in the past, but they're not likely to vote again. Um, and we've used this technology called geofencing. We've been able to then serve up digital ads to their computers, their phones in their home. And we found a five percentage point lift in those people voting, um, which five percentage points is a significant amount um, when it comes to elections. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm, I'm really pleased with those results. Um, I've got a lot of personal stories as well of people just saying, hey, I never voted before, but you know, when, once I came across My Faith Votes, um, I understand now. I understand why it's important. So well, you know, one of the things I've question. learned through you is that uh, I would go after the people that never vote. And yet you have realized that it takes a huge amount of effort, very small return. It's better yeah. to go after the people who already have the values but are just not paying attention and you get a much higher return and have a bigger uh, impact. Well, and, and you know, there's collaboration with other groups. Some are going after the hard and heavy voters and just making sure they're out and voting. What we tend to typically do is find the people that are inconsistent and they demonstrated they will if they're just encouraged and motivated to go and vote. And that's our primary focus so that we can get as many people out as possible. And I can't remember if it was you or Daniel Finlayson, but I know that you were in that meeting, so I forget which one. But you guys were talking about that you could tell from the bacon that a person buys exactly what their... Uh, political stance is, and you were given evidence of how you'd proven it. It's strange. <laughs> but you've got a, some analytics anyway. It's a great job that you're doing. Well, here's another question. Uh, this is actually a really good one because I think 
What we're seeing in all this election integrity stuff is that our voter registration rolls are a mess around the country. Lots of people need, uh, you know, they're registered here and there and different things. Um, and uh, that could be part of why some of this uh, fraud has crept sure. in. But this person asks, how do I cancel my voter registration in California and Colorado now that I'm in Kansas? I did hear that Colorado was keeping my name active even though I do not live there anymore. Do you have any uh, help for this uh, viewer? Well, what all I would say, I, you know, every state is going to be different, um, particularly on the process. Um, so that's that's the downside. I mean, there's good and bad to that. But uh, contact your county clerk, contact their office, at least where you used to live, and um, ask them for the specific process uh, for you to use. That's a good question. Yeah, it is. Well, here's someone who says, um, uh, I'm ashamed to say that I never voted in a school board election. Uh, do you vote only for your school in your area or citywide? How does that work? Well, it's a, you're voting for a school board member, which is a member of a board for a district level. Um, and those districts, again, it depends on, you know, where you live and so forth. Sometimes those districts cover just a city boundary or pretty much close to that. Um, but it'll cover multiple schools, of course. And so, um, you know, there's, there's different ways um, to look up your school board. Um, and I'm blanking on some of those sites where you can go and do that and, and find out that information. But, you know, the tough part about school boards, many of them, most of them are not partisan. And what I mean by that is people do not declare themselves to be Republican or Democrat. And so sometimes it's extremely hard to know what do they stand for? And that's why I mentioned earlier some of the words, um, diversity, inclusion, equity. If you see those words emphasized, then you might think that these people are um, supporting and behind a more um, progressive uh, ideology. And you might just need to look into that a bit. But that's the tough part about school boards. So um, you just got to do your homework. Well, I might throw out there that <clears throat> uh, we're doing some voter guides for school boards right now. And people can go to a number of different places. Uh, a lot of times you can go to the school district's own website to find out who's running. And then once you see those names, if you want to uh, do a Google search, try to find their Facebook pages, or if those candidates have websites, you can learn more about them in that way. Something else is local churches can hold um, candidate forums. You might encourage your pastor to do that so yeah. that everybody there can get informed. Those are I know that uh, Truth and Liberty is doing a lot of research on school boards. Is that yes, on sir. our website or is that no, internal? It, it, it's not, it's not, it's just going to be, uh, we're, we're just doing Colorado because there's so many, I mean, there's thousands of school boards. Do we so. have links to other places that have that information? iVoterGuide is on our website and they are, they are doing voter guides in some school board races across the country. So um, it, we're, 
I think the conservative movement is kind of waking up to the need for this, and it's a, a big lift to do that for this many uh, races. There's thousands of them out there, but we're getting there. And so um, if you can't find a voter guide in your area, those are just some hints on what you can do. So it takes a lot of effort to get involved like this, but the good news is that sometimes school boards are decided by 10, yes. 20 votes. I mean, they are such low turnout that if you will put some effort into it, you could get the people in your church to participate and you could literally change the school boards. Yep. I, I think that's really key, Andrew, is um, don't just be satisfied with your own research for your own vote. Um, share it. Share it with those at your church um, so that it can be leveraged by others who are sitting around saying, I don't know who to vote for. Um, so really important. We actually had David Barton on and he talked about a guy who ran for school board in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? Yes, Princeville, I think. And uh, he, on the day of voting, he got busy and didn't vote and it turned out no votes were cast. If he would have voted for himself, he would have won the school board election. <laughs> so that's how easy it is. So yes, it takes some effort, but uh, man, it, the payoff is big. And school board, like 90% of it's gonna be some tedious stuff that's not good, but you can make decision. In Colorado, as well as most places, it's local control is what they call it. And even though Colorado has gone totally uh, you know, Democrat in House, Senate, and the governorship, and they're pushing through terrible educational indoctrination. It's a local control, and a school board can opt out of any of this stuff, change the curriculum, and do those things. And mm -hmm. so, it's well worth the effort. You know, it's one more comment if I, if I can make on school board candidates is if you can find out whether that candidate is backed by the teachers' union or not that's gonna be a really powerful sign that they are not a Christian conservative because teachers unions pretty much all over the country now are dominated by hard left ideology. Yeah. And they're backing all this stuff that's going into our schools that we are not in favor of. So that's a one little shorthand thing you can look at. But um, here we've got another question. And I think this is also a really good one uh, from Paula. And Paula's asking, the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. How do you suggest we pray for Biden, Harris, Pelosi, Newman, and Fauci when we are so upset and angry? <laughs> I'd like to hear your answer on this one. <laughs> yeah, <you're, laughs> I know what I'd first. do, but you're probably a little bit more polite. You know, I mean, we do pray for him, right? I mean, and we do. We, we, we ask for God's intervention and miraculous change in their behavior, um, or we ask that God crush them, um, crush their agenda. Um, you know, deter them um, at every point. Don't give them success. If we feel that they are whole, I mean, just sold out to their agenda, that's what I would be praying for, that it would not succeed. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we can always throw in there that they would come to know Jesus mm -hmm. and, and have some wisdom. Um, so that's, Andrew, I, I, I don't know how you would well, answer that. I prayed today because I heard on the news coming in that this week they're voting on this uh, $3.5 trillion package and a bunch of things that they're ramming through. So the way I prayed was, God, I know that some of these people are bound to be convicted about the debt 
about the, uh, you know, mm. the climate stuff that's in there, the abuse, the junk that's put in there. And as a matter of fact, this 3.5 trillion isn't even the final total. They're saying it's probably going to be closer to 5 trillion. So I prayed that God would open up their heart and if somebody knew it was wrong, that they wouldn't submit to the pressure, that they'd stand up. So I prayed for them in that way. But then I said, and if they're going to harden themselves, God, get them out of the way. Pray that they fall into the net that they have laid for others, that they'd fall into their own pit that they've dug. Mm -hmm. So I pray, I think it's wrong to just always pray for them in the sense that, oh God, we just love them and support and pray that you'd change their heart. I pray that God changes their heart and if they don't, that he'll run over them. <laughs> Amen. And that may be wrong, but that's the way I'm praying. No, I think that's scriptural actually. <laughs> well, Jason, I got a question before we get uh, much further here is how can, what, uh, can people support you? Can they support My Faith Votes? What can they do to help you? You know, we are about one year out from the midterm elections. And one thing that I've learned is elections, uh, this stuff, it, it's, it's not cheap. Um, it, it takes a lot um, for the hundreds of thousands, even millions of people that we're trying to reach. So yes, if, if uh, people go to myfaithvotes.org and um, maybe a one-time uh, contribution, maybe a recurring donation, but we estimate that it costs about $3.20 to reach a voter. And so for every $3.20, um, we can do a lot of good. So um, I would, I would welcome that. Uh, thanks for asking, Richard. Sure. Well, um, you at the beginning of the program, you talked about some of the things you're doing. One of the neat things that you did last year was this postcard campaign. And uh, we uh, had some of our Bible college students were helped out with that and some other things. Can you, uh, is that something that folks can do in addition to giving money? Can they sign up to be a part of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so every year we have, uh, every major election, we have this postcard writing campaign. And, you know, we want to stand out instead of just doing the same old what everyone else is doing. And so we have volunteers handwriting personal messages of encouragement to other Christians who are not likely to vote and just encouraging them and pointing them to My Faith Votes resources. And so uh, if people want to get involved in that, they can go to our website, sign up to be an action partner. Um, and when you do that, you will absolutely be informed about those future opportunities to write postcards. Um, but it's a great way, just as you said, Richard, to even sitting from home. You can be sitting at home or with your small group or, you know, your Bible study and have a little, you know, postcard writing, you know, evening and, and do a lot of uh, good for that. So thanks. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, one of the one of the things that I see in the news right now that's a concern is uh, religious freedom. And you know, in yeah. Afghanistan now, uh, they're, they're basically murdering Christians. Um, we're hearing people say things in the United States today that, my goodness, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have heard. 20 years ago, we were unthinkable. 
Um, so to those Christians out there who think that you can't mix politics and religion, um, do, do you have a message for those folks as we're ending the broadcast tonight? Uh, you know, uh, you may not have the freedom to, to preach your religion if you don't stand up now. Well, religious freedom is, I believe, a core human right uh, that contributes to a whole range of societal goods. Um, and we need our leaders now and tomorrow's leaders um, to understand the essential and critical role that religious freedom plays in society. Uh, this is a, um, a passion of mine. It's why we've actually partnered with the Religious Freedom Institute on Christian college and university campuses to hold forums about the importance of religious freedom and helping our youngest to really embrace why this matters. But you asked the question around elected leaders. We need to get elected leaders who also understand it and who aren't against us. There's too many who are against us and we, we, uh, they may not be for us, but if they're not against us and understand that, that's what we need to elect. You know, Bill Federer is one of our board members here on Truth and Liberty, and he says that you got to establish priorities, and the preaching of the gospel is always priority number one, but number two is maintaining freedom so that we can preach the gospel. And, you know, I just was with Heidi Baker, and she was talking about a hundred of her pastors have been executed, beheaded, mm -hmm. crucified, had gas cans hung around their neck and set on fire. Their four-year-old children beheaded over a hundred of the pastors and they've got people standing in line to take their place Wow! in Mozambique. And I think, you know, it, it's becoming a crisis even within the border of the United States, within healthcare, within education. Yeah. You know, it, it's under a threat because of the rise of secularism and we need to push back. Yeah, and we're just about out of time. Man, we appreciate you being with us. We appreciate all you're doing. And again, we mm -hmm. encourage our viewers to go to these websites. We'll put those on the screen again, but support Jason and what he's doing. He's been a big help to us here at, at Truth and Liberty. And um, praise God, I believe we're gonna raise up an army that's gonna make a difference. And you're a big part of it, Jason. Thanks for everything you're doing. And Thanks. let me thank all of you for watching. Let me also thank CTN. They put this on their network for us, and we really appreciate that. What a blessing. And, and uh, so we believe that this is going out to a lot of people. A lot of mm. people's lives are being changed. So thank you for joining us. Remember, we do this every Monday night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and we have on different guests every week, and we've had on some really, really powerful guests just like Jason, and we'll continue to do this. So let somebody else know about it too. You can also go to Truth and Liberty and watch past broadcasts where we've had on, I mean, governors, politicians, uh, just some great things. Anyway, mm -hmm. it's been awesome. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week for our Monday night Truth and Liberty livecast. Good night. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.